What does it really mean to be unshakable? It's not just a matter of money, it's a state of mind. When you're truly unshakable, you have an unwavering confidence amidst the storm. It's not that nothing upsets you, we all get hooked at times, but you just don't stay there. Nothing rattles you for any length of time. This state of mind allows you to be a leader, not a follower, to be the chess player, not the chess piece, to be one of the few who do, not the many who talk. Hi, this is Richard Bradley, the Editor-in-Chief of Worth Magazine. I'm back with Tony Robbins and Peter Malouk uh, talking about Unshakable, their new book, Your Financial Freedom Playbook, Creating Peace of Mind in a World of Volatility. Uh, Peter and Tony, welcome back. Thanks for having us. This next episode will pull back the curtain on a lot of industry practices that, uh, uh, frankly, a lot of people in the industry would rather not talk about. You guys don't pull any punches when you're talking about the hidden fees and the half-truths that much of the financial world perpetuates. So let's go ahead. Let's rip off the Band-Aid on what I know is going to be some surprising, uh, maybe even astonishing material for our listeners. Well, let, let's start with most people at this stage, and if they listen to our first podcast, know you want to be in the market, right? And so you'd seem it might be simple. Put yourself in low-cost index funds, might be the description a lot of people tell me, and a lot of journalists even say to me, isn't that just the solution? And I'd say, yeah, that's part of the solution, but let's look at reality. Reality is that most individuals are putting their money in the market, they're usually doing it through a mutual fund, and if you look at, you know, Dalbar did a great research study. They said, 30-year study from 1985 to 2015, and they said, you know, what did the S&P 500 do? That's easy to calculate, 10.28%. So you're doubling your money about every seven years. With that kind of yeah. compounding, that's how people become wealthy. That's how they get financially free. The only problem is they fortunately figured out what the average investor actually made, and they didn't make the 1028 And the reason is because, and the number they got was 3.66%. Huge difference. Gigantic. Now you're doubling every 20 years as opposed to every 10 years. To give you an idea, over that period of time, if you're compounding through time, $50,000 compounding at 10.28, you're going to have just under a million dollars, 941,000. 3.66%, you're going to have $146,000, not a million. It's mind-boggling what happens. So why the discrepancy between what the market offered and what the average investor got? The answer to that is two things, fees and fears. Right? We've talked a little about fears in the last podcast, so if you haven't watched it, I hope you will. But we're going to talk about fees here because fees can destroy your financial future. You can do everything right. You can make all the right investments, be all in the right piece, and you're, you got your financial boat moving towards you know, your ultimate goal, and you got not a hole in your boat, you got half the boat missing if the fees are too high because these fees really play a role. So, of course, you got to pay for fees. But the ideal, if someone is really giving you fiduciary advice, is 1% or less. Right. Numbers above that are really destructive to you. You know, Jack Bogle explained it to me best. He said, Tony, look, if a person only got a 7% return in the marketplace, in said stock market, and they, they have an investing lifetime of 50 years, he said, Tony, what happens is each one of those dollars, because of compounding, at the end of that time would be worth 30. For every dollar you invest, you'd have 30. But that's based on 7%. Average fees, according to Bogle, are 2%, not 1%. So that additional 1% is destroying your financial future because it compounds. And he said, so now every dollar you have now, instead of being $30 at the end, it's worth 10. Still a huge growth. But what did you get for it? Nothing. His argument is nothing. And so now you find yourself in a position where you've given up two-thirds of the benefit. And to somebody who did what? They went and picked these stocks. 
we've proven, not we, it's been proven time and time again. Everybody from Warren Buffett talked about this. I interviewed you know, 50 of the smartest people in the financial markets, and they all made it crystal clear there's no way after fees that someone who's going to go pick the right group of mutual funds, the right set of stocks to put into this group, after fees and after trading costs, after all the things that are there, they don't match the market. In fact, the statistics are mind-boggling. 96% of all mutual funds, which is where you know, actively managed mutual funds is where most human beings put their money to try and grow it, 96% of them fail to match the market or match the index over any 10-year period of time. Now, some people say, I'm smart. You know, I'm going to figure out the 4%. I'm going to find that best. The only problem is the 4% is always changing. Nobody sticks around. And I just want to give you one statistic for those watching that just blew my mind. Have you played, do you play blackjack? Sure. Yeah, okay. So if you've ever played blackjack, 21, the goals get to 21. Don't go over if you bust. So if you get two face cards worth 20 and your inner idiot says, hit me, <laughs> you have an 8% chance of getting you know, an ace. Right? You only have a 4% chance of getting the right mutual fund. So you really have to understand that fees control your future. And if you are paying 2% or 3%, you're in trouble. The average mutual fund, according to Forbes, is 3.12%. That means you're giving up 2% more than you should, which is 20 years of future retirement income. And you've given up for what? It's just crazy. Maybe you can elaborate on some of those fees. Yeah, if you look at that breakdown of Forbes, a lot of people say, well, I thought mutual funds were free. Obviously, they're not free. Nothing is free. But most people are sophisticated enough. They go Google it. They see the expense ratio. And the expense ratio says, hey, this fund might be 1% or a little more than 1%. But in reality, there are other costs, too. And that's what Forbes was, you know, been covering their article. One, there's a tax cost, which averages around 1%. There's cash drag because the mutual fund manager is holding cash because people redeem. He's got to be able to give them cash when they redeem or... He might be looking for opportunities. He might also be emotional and be playing, playing defense, but almost all mutual funds carry a, a good enough amount of cash that the average mutual fund's paying about 0.83 in cash drag. So uh, almost costs. 1%. That might be good for them, but it isn't good for you. You're not getting the benefit of being in the market. Right? That's right. And then the transaction costs, most of them are not reflected in the expense ratio. You've got another 1.4% or so. So you start to look at the transaction costs, the expense ratio, the tax costs, uh, and you put Here, all this stuff together and it and becomes tough, tough, and if, to get if over. people wanted to, how would they even know how to find out about these fees? I know just finding out what the expense ratio, which is what most people think is the bottom line cost of a mutual fund, even seeing that is not always easy for people. Most people don't know or they don't take the time to look. But these other fees that you're talking about, how would people even find out about them if, well, they, have, if have, they wanted to? Have fun being the one person to read a prospectus to, to, find, <laughs> to find most of them. Well, on top of that, even when people look up their funds, they often don't realize there's multiple versions of that share class with different fees and rules associated with them. And this is not this is from companies like Vanguard all the way um, to you know, all kinds of much more expensive companies. They have varying ways. Uh, various minimums, various fees, various entry points and exit points for their funds. It becomes a, a very difficult deal to mine. But we know a couple things. We know what Tony was saying. We can't find that 4%. So there's research that, hey, most of these people underperform. That, that 4% of, of active uh, mutual yeah. fund managers who beat the market. Over, over 15 years, it's about 4% that'll beat it. But we don't know who will do it the next 15 years. So there's no research showing, in fact, the research shows quite the opposite. If you find those 4% and you bet on them, they're more likely to underperform. Just like if you buy one-star rated, one-star one Morningstar rated mutual funds, the probability is you'll do better than if you buy the five-star rated ones. So we know past performance doesn't indicate, but there is a direct correlation 
between fees and performance. So you can map out the most expensive mutual funds against the least expensive. The least expensive will be in the top quartile. The most expensive, for the most part, will be in the bottom quartile. So it's a big indicator. David Swenson, who uh, is the, the uh, chief investment officer at Yale, took them from $1 billion, which it took him almost 200 years to get to, to $25 billion in less than 20 years. He's considered the institutional superstar in institutional investing, said to me that mutual funds charge absorbent fees for a shocking disservice to investors. I and mean, he does not pull punches. He says it's insane for you to invest in an actively managed mutual fund because when you take all these additional costs in there, there's just no way they can consistently beat the market. So all you're doing is giving up your income to someone who's not doing you a service of any sort. It sounds shocking. It sounds absurd. But it's even worse in the 401k industry. I mentioned in the other podcast, for 30 years, that industry, which is a $6 trillion industry, there's 90 million Americans that have a 401k. More people have a 401k than have a home, to give you an idea. But for 30 years, they didn't have to tell you what they charge you. So they just took fees. Some of those fees can be as much as 4%. You could say, I want to invest in an index fund, and many of them won't offer it. But even the ones that do sometimes have a sales load of 3% up front. 3% to get in the game for something that costs 0.05%, five, you know, five one hundredths of a percent, five basis points, right? So it's just crazy the world we live in. And every one of those 1% above that first 1% that you've got to pay or less that's a decade of income. So if you're paying 2% more, that's two decades of income, and you got nothing for it. It's nuts, and it can only happen because there's no transparency. And what we've done with this Unshakable book is bring you that transparency and show you exactly what it is. And that's also what Peter's firm does, is looks at it and shows you exactly what it is. They read the forms. They figure it out yeah. for you. So let me see if I understand this. The situation is most people think that they can beat the market. Yeah. In reality, most people substantially underperform the market Massively. because they either make the wrong bets or because of the cost of fees. Yeah. And the truth is that really, for most people, what wouldn't be so bad is to actually match the market and pay as little in fees as you can. That's right. And not, and, and not only, just to elaborate on what you said, it's not most people, it's not like we're talking the average person. Most professionals mm-hmm. yeah, are, that's are underperforming for, that's the, for the exact same reasons. So you, you can look over at, at index funds as one of the potential solutions. If you look at the actively managed mutual fund world, it used to really exist you know, back in the 80s. Uh, we didn't have high-speed internet access, and we needed an investment vehicle available to the everyday person. The more sophisticated higher net worth uh, investors, they were at places like creative planning, where we might use private equity, we might use indexes, we might use some individual securities in certain spaces. Well, now that's become more accessible to right. to everybody. And even creative planning, we had lowered our minimum all the way to 500000 Tony came along and said, hey, if I'm going to be a part of this, you got to make it 100000 That shows you where the market's moving. There's just no place for paying you know, 2% for any uh, anything other than some pretty sophisticated investments on the private equity space and things like that. But for the typical person, there's just no place for those sorts of funds anymore. And as you guys point out in Unshakable, it's not just fees that you have to worry about, right? With actively managed funds, there's also the question of taxes. There is. I mean, you can, you can invest in a mutual fund in December. This is how crazy the tax situation is. And that person, the person who's the manager of that fund, might decide to sell that particular asset, right? That particular stock, whatever it is. And when they sell it, there's taxes due. You held it for two weeks, and you're going to pay the year's worth of taxes on it. And you're in the hole to start with. This is common. No one said the tax laws are fair. They're just, they are the tax laws. So if you're unaware of this, one of the biggest things we talk about is tax efficiency because it's, everybody loves to quote what the return's going to be. But, you know, if, you know, the Bogle example, if you were getting 7%, but you're paying 2% in fees, 
you're really emitting 5%. The difference in compounding is that difference between $1 equal 30 versus $1 equal 10. Let me give you a, a simple example. Let's say you have two people that are 35 years old and they've accumulated $100,000 over their entire life and they're gonna invest that 100,000 and nothing else again. And they're gonna leave that money in the stock market, say for 30 years till they're 65 years old. Well, at 65 years old, if you paid 3% in fees, 3.12 is the average according to Forbes, you got $432,000. So your 100 went to four, it's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. But if you paid 1% in fees, your 100,000 went to $761,000. I mean, here's the other big difference. If you're taking away, say, $60,000 a year for your retirement, the person who got $432,000, it's gonna last till they're 79, and the average lifespan's 85 plus. So what's the biggest yeah. fear everybody has today, baby boomers especially, is they're afraid, I'm gonna run, they're not afraid of death. Death is way down low, <laughs> number two. Number one is living without any money, being yeah. totally broke, right? And it's gonna happen to them. The person that you know only had 1% in fees, they're gonna last till they're 92 years old on that same amount of money, and they can take more money per you know, year for their income. So these people have to understand, when you hear a 1% number, you know, what's 1%? 2% right. amongst friends. <laughs> you know? But those 1% and 2% and 3% numbers can be the difference between whether you're gonna be financially free or you're gonna have to work full-time at Walmart in old age, you know, being a greeter or something that's insane. Nobody should have to do that. They wanna do that, that's totally different. But that's having right. to do that because someone else got all these fees is just unacceptable. So our goal is blow open the door and show people the truth. Once people know the truth, it's so easy to put yourself in a position where those fees disappear and yet you get greater returns. The worst part is these guys overcharge for underperformance. And it's a fact, it's not an opinion that we're expressing. It's you know, studies at Yale, studies in the book, we fill it with studies so you know this, nothing here is opinion. This is all unassailable because it's coming from the greatest investors on the face of the earth and the studies that the universities have done. Yeah, it's not what you make, it's what you keep after taxes and fees. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at two different investment options, and one has higher fees and one has higher taxes, it better be extremely compelling. And yes, with the ultra affluent, sometimes there are those things. There's the private equity thing. But for 99% of people, you've got a couple of million dollars to invest down to $100,000 to invest. You should be looking at those two factors a, a hell of a lot. Peter, I was interested in the book. You mentioned that for the vast majority of your clients, you actually discourage investments in hedge funds because of the fees. Right. The 2% fee, uh, management fee, and 20% fee on any profits that- and some charge that even make, more that today. And stuff. some charge even more. Tony, you've, you've talked in the past about how there are a handful of extremely successful hedge fund managers, uh, yes. but that you, you can't probably get into those funds yes. now. Um, Peter, talk a little bit about, about why you guys made that decision that, that hey, this is an investment option that for most people is just not appropriate. You know, I think it's confusing to people because we're not against alternatives. So there are a variety of asset classes and we invest in most of them. So we like bonds, we like stocks, energy, real estate, um, and we like private equity, for example, as one of many alternatives we use for our higher net worth, more sophisticated clients. But to me, hedge funds isn't really an asset class. Hedge funds is, we're trading in the stock market, just like a mutual fund person is. And the mutual fund person is hurt by cash drag, by taxes, by fees, by transaction costs. That same set of, of uh, problems does not go away if you rename yourself a hedge fund manager and change your fee schedule. The same thing follows you, which is why eight of the last nine years, the typical hedge fund has underperformed the index. Mm -hmm. Average person would pay less in fees and less in taxes to outperform simply owning an index. And that's why you know, as a group, 
not a fan of hedge funds. Is there an anomaly on, on, that, on that side, just like there is with Warren Buffett on the, on the stock side? Of course there is. But when we're looking at as a marketplace, the odds are we're going to lose by adding exposure to that space. When I talked to Warren Buffett and interviewed him, uh, you know, he tells everybody when he passes, his money is all going in index funds. His whole component is you don't pay all these fees. It's the one thing that you can control. But he made a bet with protege partners and said, you can pick five of the best you know, hedge funds that exist, and I'm going to pick the index, and we're going to do a 10-year bet. It was a million dollars, I think it was. A million dollar bet. And he said, we'll see who's winning. And Warren is and winning. He's by a, him, by yeah. He's just destroying him. <laughs> we're eight years into it now or yeah, nine years into it. That sounds about right. But it's, they're like it's eight over, and a half years yeah. into it. And they're not even in the same league. Right. So... You know, it really comes down to being smart on fees and being smart on taxes. And one of the reasons I was so excited about Peter is that, you know, if you go to a broker and brokers are called, you know, wealth managers, financial man, there's a zillion, there's I think 200 names for brokers now that sound a whole lot more attractive. But they can't advise you legally on taxes. And neither can most even registered investment advisors. Mm -hmm. What's unique about Peter is he has the CPAs on staff assigned to you. So instead of me trying to decide, is this a good investment and someone recommending it in a vacuum, we know what that's going to mean to me overall. Because, you know, someone says I got an 8% return, but if their real net is 4%, which is what it is if you're at 50% and you sell within the year or you own a mutual fund, they're constantly turning things over. You're paying a 50% tax instead of a 20% capital gains tax, you're paying 30% more. Talk yeah. about changing your compounding and changing your world. But again, most people don't have that advice. It's separate. They got to go get yeah, it. Yeah, I know, Peter, Peter uh, in, uh, in the world of the ultra high net worth, you know, people who are worth tens of millions of dollars, they'll have a family office or a whole team of people to give yeah. that kind of advice. Um, but and, you and guys I, do it for a lot less. And for, I know because we are people. that family office for a lot of those folks. So I personally work with a lot of clients and our firm works with hundreds of clients that fit that bill of tens of millions or hundreds of million or hundreds of millions of dollars. And we are their family office. And it is interesting, you know, as Tony talks about the difference between the ultra affluent and, and, and what other people focus on. The ultra affluent, when they're interviewing us and, and hiring us, they're asking me questions about keeping, uh, keeping the money that they have how to grow it in a smart way, but they're asking about fees. They're asking about taxes primarily and the structure of their plan. Um, somebody else might come in, typical American might come in and go, well, show me your performance or how are you going to get me out of the next bear market? They're asking the wrong questions. So you really have to look at it and say, what is my vision? What are my goals? What is it I need to own to hit those goals? And how do I control all the taxes I can, with, whether it's very sophisticated with foundations and trusts and so on, or if it's not that sophisticated, but more sophisticated than most people are, are behaving with markets, which is how do I control the expenses within these funds? How do I own certain investments in an IRA that might be different than in a taxable account? Those are the kinds of things that, that our family office is now bringing to somebody with 100000 500000 or a couple million dollars as well. And if you think about it, you know, people are charging 1% and 2 and 3% for nothing but to pick a group of investments and put them together for you to invest in, in say, a mutual fund. Or you're going to you know, a broker who's charging all along the way. He's charging less than 1%, average of 85 basis points. Average of now. 85 goes from 1.2 down to 0.25, depending on account size. So the numbers are ridiculous, but he's providing tax advice, estate planning advice, legal advice, financial advice, all within that fee. It's, it's, it's been really ridiculous. This is why I decided to partner with him, because you're in the industry. Do you know anybody else doing any of this nature? Uh, not that I know of, no. But Tony, I want to ask you a question about psychology, right? Yeah. So you're the director of investor psychology at Peter's firm, Creative Planning. And what we've been talking about is actually fairly simple. The rules uh, that, that people, the guidelines that people can follow, yeah. the facts that they need to know are fairly straightforward. And yet I can hear people thinking to themselves, 
you know, for decades I've been hearing, no, I need to invest with this mutual fund manager, or no, this is a, I'm, I can beat the market. Yeah. How do you overcome that resistance to simplicity? I think you know, most of the people, when they see the facts and the facts are put right in front of them, it's kind of like a detective. You know, there's mm. a pattern of facts. There's just yeah. one fact. You go, eh, I don't know. But we show you 20, yeah. you know, and we show you example after example. When we show people, we don't usually see resistance. When we show people, right now, you're paying in your mutual, or let's say in your 401k, you've got index funds, and you're paying 1.83% for something that costs 0.05%. People go berserk. You can spend $20,000 and buy yourself a Honda Accord, or you could spend a million dollars on a Honda Accord. And this is the only industry in the world, the financial industry, where there's you know, no transparency so that the average person doesn't know, my neighbor spent 20 grand, I spent a million. Yeah. I mean, that ratio of difference is the real ratio is there. So I find no difficulty and no resistance when you show people the facts. What I did find difficulty is, is when I created a 700-page book, <laughs> some people didn't make it all through it, lots of people loved it, but really this is designed so that you could read it you know, in a weekend or in a day and really have the essentials you need to make decisions that literally will put money in your pocket day one. Because this is all money that's just being leaked from your financial future. It's unfair, it's wrong, and we want to help people change it. And you don't have to do business with us to be able to take advantage of everything here. We've given you the checklist for whoever you deal with so you know exactly what to ask. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be surprised. And we also give you a referral service so you can look at anyone. But obviously, I'm a partner with right. Peter here at, you know, at CPI, at Creative Planning. And our goal is to give people real value. So the thing that we offer people is to give them a second opinion. And we charge nothing for it. There's zero commitment. And anyone can do it. And they call the firm. They go to getsecondopinion.com, getsecondopinion.com. And they'll do fill this out for you. They'll work with you. They'll walk you through it. And if you want, you can implement on your own. Or you can do business with Peter and his firm. Uh, obviously, I recommend that. I benefit from that because I'm partners in it. But I couldn't recommend enough. And that's why my money's there as well. I think it's just the industry is counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive to the typical person. But once you have the opportunity to explain to them what's going on and show them what's going on, they look at things a little differently. You think, if I go to an advisor, I should be put in a better spot, just like I am with an architect, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer. Not necessarily the case. Most financial advisors don't have to act in your best interests. Even the ones who do often have their own mutual funds or products. So the structure by itself on its face has conflicts. Um, It's just counterintuitive. But they have to be educated to know that. You think, in, like with everything, most things in the world, the more you pay, the more you get. It's the opposite with financial services. So, again, it's not hard once you get a chance to explain it, but, you know, it's a busy world. People have a lot going on. Usually they don't take the time to look at their statements or their investments unless something really bad has happened. The biggest inflow of new clients to creative planning was after 9-11, the tech bubble, the 0809 crisis, the, the beginning of 2016 with, during the mini energy crisis. That's when people pause and look. But when you get the opportunity to educate them, uh, then they make, they make the, the decisions they need to make. That's right. And I think you guys do a great job of this in Unshakable. Tony, I love Money Master the Game, but you're right. It's a big book. Yeah. Uh, this one is very accessible. It's, I think, around 200 pages. Yeah. Um, you guys uh, explain uh, clearly and precisely what we're talking about. And I think what's, what's really compelling about it is that you create action strategies for pe- things that people can really do yeah. to, to look at, at the fees that they're paying at their own uh, financial planning situation and make some changes if need be. And we can do it for them if they wanted to, but if, they can also do it for themselves. So nobody's dependent on anybody, but if they want help, we can help them. I'm talking with Tony Robbins and Peter Malouk uh, about their book, Unshakable. 
your financial freedom playbook, creating peace of mind in a world of volatility. Gentlemen, we'll be talking more about this in um, uh, subsequent podcasts, but thank you very much. Thanks thank for you. Us again. Hey, it's Tony Robbins. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Unshakable Podcast. It's the companion to my new book, Unshakable, Your Financial Freedom Playbook, creating a peace of mind in a world of volatility. And it's co-authored with my dear partner, Peter Malouk. Listen, by listening to this series, along with reading the book, you'll be armed with all the essential facts and strategies you need to help transform your financial life. So if any of the ideas here you've heard today have struck a chord with you, and you're interested in getting a second opinion on your own financial plan, or create one if you don't have one, then please go to getasecondopinion.com. That's getasecondopinion.com to have a creative planning advisor take a look at your portfolio, or again, help you to create a plan. It's completely complimentary, completely free, and there's no commitment necessary. I'd also personally love it if you'd leave a review of this podcast on iTunes. I'd love to know what you thought of the program, and also, I'd love to hear any new questions you have, any takeaways you took from the podcast. And if you want to share any success stories about your own journey towards financial freedom, we'd certainly love to hear about it. For more information about my book and some more related articles, videos, and other information that can help you to create that unshakable state and achieve the financial freedom you want, go to unshakable.com and know that 100% of this book's profits are being donated to Feeding America 45 million people in this country every night don't know where their next meal is going to come from. 17 million are children. And your contribution to this book, 100% of those profits are going to feed them. We'll feed 50 million people this book, and we'll feed another 50 million, 100 million next year alone, just with the additional bonuses that I'm offering, the additional benefits I'm getting feeding America as well. So thanks for being my partner. And live strong, live with passion, and we'll hear you and meet you on the next podcast. The Unshakable podcast was produced in collaboration with wealth management firm Creative Planning. It is hosted by Richard Bradley, editor-in-chief of Worth Magazine, and features business and life strategist Tony Robbins and Peter Malouk of Creative Planning. This podcast is produced and distributed by Robbins Research International. Copyright 2017.